At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. We're talking about and staying in our series on the Spirit of Truth. Um, I tell you, I, I mean, we probably will be on this series till after the first of the year because, as I've told you in past weeks, we've been hitting things from different angles. There's so, the, the, the Holy Spirit is, He is so vast. I mean, there, there's no end to, you know, who He is, what He is, what He does, and, and the depth of the Holy Spirit's presence in our life and what can be accomplished through Him. He truly is the Spirit of truth. He was sent here to reveal all truth to us. Uh, what the Bible says is the hope of the world is Christ, the anointed one, and His anointing being revealed on the inside of you and me. That's the hope of the world. And that revealing comes from the Holy Spirit. He takes the truth that we hear preached, that we study, that we meditate on, that we confess, that we pray, that we become doers of. He takes that truth and reveals it to us day by day, line upon line, precept upon precept. We get a little here, we get a little more and a little more and a little more, and it's a continual process. And, and tonight, I'm just again saying to you how grateful that I am and that we all should be of the Spirit's presence in our life. Um, we've hit some things from different angles, and, and in the last couple of weeks I've been praying about um, what we've shared out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 concerning the Spirit of God and, and everything that's talked about there. And there's a lot in that passage that talks about 1 Corinthians 2, that, that passage, that talks about um, the wisdom of God and that the wisdom of God versus the wisdom of the world is really what we're up against and it's really what our lives are about. You, when you're born into this world and, and you're born into a sin nature that's in the, from the world, the world has, an, has ideas and it'll be that way until Jesus returns. The, the world has ideas that go totally against the ideas of God. And so there's the spirit of the world, the Bible calls it in 1 Corinthians 2, and the spirit that is from God. And there's the wisdom of the world, and there's the wisdom from God. And so uh, tonight, I, I really feel like that we need to spend some more time uh, really exhausting what the Apostle Paul was telling the church at Corinth in that second chapter about the Holy Spirit. So tonight, that's where we're going to spend our time. Before we go to, to chapter two, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, um, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16. And I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. And it says this, And what union can there be between God's temple and idols. Now, the word idols there have to do with anything that would take the place of God. 
So tonight is, I'm going to read the rest of this verse. This verse 16 is a pretty long verse. I'm going to read the rest of it. But he's asking this question, what union, what agreement, what connection does, the, does God's temple and idols or ideas or thinking or you know, anything that, that a person would worship or put their faith or trust or confidence in apart from God? And the, the answer to that question is the temple of God has nothing in common with idols, nothing. No connection, no union with idols. He said, for we, you and I, right, all of us, we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. He said, I will live in them. How does God live in us? By the Holy Spirit. I will walk with them. How does, how does God walk with us? Because the person of the Holy Spirit, He lives in us and He directs our steps. Father reveals through the living Word, through the Holy Spirit, to us and reveals to us who He is, who we are, and what our union and connection is. We don't have, we were created in God's image. We were created by God's Spirit. And the Spirit and the thinking of the world is not what we were created to operate in. And when you try to operate apart from the Spirit of God, the wisdom of God, the understanding of God, the truths that go contrary, those are idols, and you have no union with them. It doesn't work. Your life won't work when you're not connected to Him. He said, he said again, I will live with them. I will walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Today, I am so grateful that He's my God. How about you? And that I am His people. I'm, I'm part of the family of God. I'm part of the church of Jesus Christ. I'm a child of God. And He told me in John 17, I'm His favorite. He loves me, according to John 17, He loves me as much as He loves Jesus. Father does. So I don't know about you, but that's some good, good news. Well, taking that verse of Scripture and now kind of uh, diving into 1 Corinthians 2, I'm actually uh, going to start with the third verse tonight, and I'm going to read this also in the New Living Translation. And so 1 Corinthians 2, starting with verse 3. And remember, we just talked about, the question was asked, what does, what does the temple of God, who we are, and idols from the world and the world's way of thinking, the system, everything that's going on out here, what, do, what does what we were created from and in, what union do we have with idols from the world? The answer is, we have nothing in common, no connection, no union. And so, 
I feel like that Paul's ministry to the church at Corinth, the first letters that he sent, the second group of letters that he sent to the churches in Corinth, um, I feel like that he's, a, he's having to address a lot of ungodly thinking. I mean, this is the beginning of the church. This is the beginning of the days of the church after Jesus left. Not just the days after, but the years after. Jesus, uh, or the Apostle Paul, is addressing this church that is full of a lot of idols, a lot of idealistic ways of thinking, you know, people thinking about uh, the ways and, and, and the attributes of the earth at the time, what was going on in the earth at the time, all these things Paul was dealing with, and now he's addressing how you get free of it and you stay connected to the Spirit of God, the wisdom of God, the Word of God. So, let's just jump into this in verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 2. He said, I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever, persuasive speeches, and he could have, very educated man, he could have, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. So you can see that people can have really clever speeches and sound really good, and it may not be directed by the Holy Spirit. Um, and then people, other people, can actually idolize preachers that so eloquently preach the Word and minister the Word and yet not operate in the power of the Spirit where it's actually working in their life. That, that happens. That, that happens. That's out there. Those kind of things are going on. That, that's part of the idols that he was talking about in that other verse that we, that we just read. And, and Paul's saying, I did this. I relied on the Holy Spirit, not on my ability, you know, to, to wow you. He said, I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. So human wisdom, human knowledge can be an idol. And Paul's saying he didn't want you to do this. So Paul's talking to the church at Corinth, but he's talking to a lot of people that are immature, that have not grown, they've not developed enough. And he's having to talk to them like they're immature people, the, the undeveloped people. They're not renewing their minds. They're not tapping into the wisdom of God. So he's trying to demonstrate to them through the power of the Holy Spirit what the truth of God is and what it will do and accomplish and show them the difference in what just the wisdom of the world or the wisdom of you know, the world's way of thinking, how it operates and how it really doesn't produce what God wants to produce in them. And he's saying that to us in this passage. Yet, he said, when I'm among mature believers, so you see, he's talking to some immature ones. He said, 
Yet when I'm among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. I'll read that again. He said, yet when I am among mature believers, I do speak the wor- with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. So he said, I talk wisdom with mature believers, but not the wisdom of the world. Immature believers want a lot of times to talk about things of the world, right? Mature believers want to talk about things of God. And the wisdom in, 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 this, in the chapter before this, in chapter 1, he said, the wisdom of God is foolishness to those who have not been developed in maturity. It's foolishness to them. So he'd find himself not talking wisdom and deeper things, but he's having to talk basic things because what he's talking about here is Christianity 101, learning how to tap into the things of the Spirit and hear the voice of the Spirit. So he says, no, he said, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden, the mystery of God, the hidden wisdom of God is what one translation says. He said, previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. The hidden mystery and wisdom that was ordained before the world began, before Adam and Eve. And we see in two different places in the New Testament, we see that the plan that God had before the world began was the redemption of mankind. It's so many people, I I know people that have been in church all their lives that don't understand the redemptive power of God and what the blood of Jesus actually did for them. People that have sat in church that are not even born again people. People that, that have heard sermons for years and years and been awed by the sermons but not taken what was taught and did something with it and developed that in their life. Paul said here, he said, no, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God, his plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the, the world began. It was, it was hidden at one time, but now it's been revealed. And that's what he's trying to get this church to do, is to grow up into this by understanding the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what, that's what we get into right here. So he said, but the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. That is what the, script, that is what the Scripture means when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. So, What you see with your eyes, what you hear with your ears, the understanding that you have just in your natural mind, apart from the Holy Spirit, he says here, 
But he said, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it been imagined all that God has done. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit. It's to us today here at Gates how God has revealed to us his redemptive power, what he has done for us. Did God save us? Absolutely, he redeemed us. Did he heal us? Absolutely, he healed us. Has he prospered us? Absolutely, he has prospered and advanced us. Has he delivered us in every way? Absolutely, we've been delivered. Not we will be, we've been. We're not going to be healed someday when we feel like it. We've been healed, right? But for that to work in your life, you have to be one of those ones that he is revealing these things. Not you trying to figure it out with what you see and, oh, I think I saw somebody healed and I think that, I guess that's working. No, no, no. you got to know it by his word, that by his stripes you were healed. And the Holy Spirit revealing that to you on a day-to-day basis. He said, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit, for his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Wow. Spirit of God reveals to my spirit, not to my head. He doesn't reveal things to me in the natural out here where I can see with my eyes, or He doesn't speak to me with, with audible voices. I mean, He can speak. He can do whatever He wants to, but it's that still small voice where you and I learn how to receive what God has done for us. He said, he said He's revealed the deep secrets of God to us by His Spirit. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. You don't know the deep thinkings of someone. Someone may, may tell you something. If they tell you what they're thinking about, then you know. But you're not going to know the thoughts and the deep secrets and the understandings of another person's life. Only that person's spirit knows that. You know, I, I'm married. My wife and I are one. We have strong relationship and everything else. But there are things inside of her, not like she's trying to keep something from me, but there are things inside of her that I don't know exactly because I'm not the Spirit of God. Her Spirit that's one with the Holy Spirit knows things in her like nobody else does. And God's not going to reveal deep secret things to you about someone else's life unless there's something that He shows you that you know how to pray because you can be trusted. Otherwise, you're not going to get anything about somebody. Somebody, I've had people come to me and say, you know, I know so-and-so, and, you know, I was watching them the other day and seeing the things that they're doing, and I think that they're of the devil and all, all this kind of stuff. You, you, you don't even know what you're saying. Number one, you're judging things based on what you saw somebody do. See, we don't judge with our eyes or what we hear. We judge by the Spirit of God. If the Holy Spirit is revealing things to you and revealing to you the ability to discern the difference in what's really going on. Because there's natural ways of thinking and things that happen in the natural, then there's spiritual things. And he said here, number one, that the Holy Spirit reveals the deep secrets of God. And, and then he says, no one can know a, 
uh, a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. But notice then what he said. Nobody can know the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. How many times have I heard in my Christian walk people say, you just never know what God thinks. You just never know what God is thinking. He said, you, you can't know what God's thinking except by His Spirit. Now watch this. He said this. He said, no one knows God's thoughts except God's own Spirit, and we have received that own Spirit not the world spirit, so we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given to us. We can know the thoughts of God because the Spirit of God is in us. No one can know the thoughts of God apart from the Holy Spirit. So when you get born again, your spirit man becomes alive. Your human spirit becomes one with the Holy Spirit, and your spirit man becomes alive. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying with other tongues, it's It's not another spirit, it's a separate manifestation that now is stirring up the ability inside of you to hear and understand the thoughts and the ways of thinking of God that go contrary to the wisdom of the world. That's what we see here. We're talking truly about the wisdom of the world versus the wisdom of God, the knowledge of the world versus the knowledge of God, the understanding of the world versus the understanding of God. And the thing that separates those, the key ingredient that separates the two of those, and you learn to discern the difference in them, is the person of the Holy Spirit being active on the inside of you, you yielding to Him, stopping yourself from judging things based on what you see and how you hear, how you feel, you stopping your judgment or your decision-making based on the natural things. Learn how to hear the internal voice of God revealing and showing to you. Your conscience is the voice of your spirit. And that conscience will, if you'll allow it to, will override the thoughts of your soul and show you what the real truth in a situation is. Somebody may have, you may have heard something like, Somebody said, you know, you, somebody comes and tells you that another person said something ugly about you. Okay? So now you've heard information with these ears. Now you're watching the expression of the person that's telling you this. Now your mind's thinking and going on and on about this person that supposedly said this ugly thing about you. And now you're stirred up. But if you begin to pray in the Holy Spirit and you begin to shut those things down, you know what the Holy Spirit will do? He'll show you what the truth of that situation is. You know what? And at worst, if it's really true what happened, you can pray for that person. You can pray that they come to their senses, that they come to themselves. You can pray conviction on their lives if that's what they did. But you don't have to be ugly and about them. You don't have to be focused on them. But you will be if you give in to the, what you heard, then what you're seeing, how you're feeling. If you give in to that and you make judgments on that, now you've passed judgment on that person. You don't even know 100% if they said it or not. How valid was the per- is the person's life that told you those things? You have to learn how to judge that. It's vital that we work on this and we develop this on a day-to-day basis. If we don't, then we get inundated with all of this negativity, all the wisdom of the world, all the knowledge of the world, the way of thinking of the world. You get inundated with it because the enemy sees you're accepting it, you're allowing it, 
And he's going to work his way into your life to set up shop and stay there. That's where he wants to be. He wants to be controlling your thinking. Instead of you giving into and yielding to your conscience, which is the voice of your spirit, and listening to that and letting that information override up here. When, you, when, you, when that happens, then you're in control by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you can't do that on your own. You're not good enough and strong enough to overpower the enemy. He's in the spirit, and if you're in the flesh, he'll beat you every time. He'll overcome you. He'll, he'll be victorious in your life every single time. Thought life will win out, and you will be frustrated and disturbed and overcome by everything that comes down the pike, and it'll keep coming. And, and actually, you give into it, more and more will come. But you learn to resist it. You learn to hear the voice of the Spirit. You learn to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal these things to you personally in your life. Man, you, you can overcome anything that comes your way. I don't care what it is. You can overcome anything. That's great news. <clears throat> so he said, So he said, and we have received God's Spirit, not the world's Spirit, so that we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given to us. We've received the Spirit of God so that we can know the things that have been freely given to us. I want you to just sit there for a moment and think about all of the amazing things that God has given you. What are some of the things that we can think of? Yeah, he's given us healing, right? Health, wholeness, soundness of mind. He, he's, he's blessed us. He said, he said, the blessing of the Lord makes rich, right? And adds no sorrow to it. God's blessing will make you rich. He, he has opened the door to anything and everything that is good for your life. That's what he's done. And that's what you and I have received, right? But, but here's the thing. So, this says here. Uh huh. Okay. So what we see here is that we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given to us, and then He says, "When we tell you these things." We do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. Using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. The Spirit words that have been given to us are our prayer language when we've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We've been given these supernatural words to pray in the Spirit and then to pray with the understanding. When I don't have the understanding about something, when I say, you know what, I just don't know what to do, I, I'm not sure about this, whatever, okay, that, that, honest, you're being honest about it. But why should we stay there when we've got the one inside of us that knows everything about everything? And did we just read, we can know the thoughts of God? Yeah, yeah. Why? Because he's given us his spirit 
to reveal his thoughts to us. No, no one's going to know the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God, but we receive the Spirit of God, not the Spirit of the world, the Spirit of God, the, the way of thinking of, uh, of God, not the, the way of thinking of the world. And the way you tap into the way of thinking of God is to think like his word. Remember, the word of God is God speaking to you. That's what the Bible is. It's the Word of God, but it's God speaking to you. And that's what the Holy Spirit's job is, is to reveal all the aspects of truth about every situation you face. You're in fear about something, He'll show you how to be free from fear. You have a past that tries to haunt you regarding, you know, bad relationships or fears of any kind or, you know, connections to the wrong type of people, uh, uh, connections to the wrong types of situations that maybe you're in. Maybe you're a part of groups of people. You know, um, when I was in college, there were a number of different, you know, groups that gathered together, and a lot of them had wrong motives, the things that they did. And I, you know, I was a part of a couple of them. I was just, had barely been born again and got to be a part of a couple of groups. And I just had to back out of it because it, 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 it messed with my spirit. Even though I didn't know a whole lot of what was going on, I didn't have much discernment in how to deal with situations like that. I had to back away from it because it just wasn't right. God does not want us connected to the spirit of the world in any way, shape, or form because we've been given the spirit of God right? And so we can know the thoughts of God and know the things that have been given to us, but how do we do it? Not words taught by human wisdom, not words by the Spirit of the world, but words taught by the Spirit of the living God, words that have been given to us. As we begin to pray in other tongues, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, we pray in the Spirit, then we pray with the understanding. We can know what God is trying to get over to us about situations that we don't know in the natural how to deal with. And if you try to figure them out in the natural, you're just going to you know, mess things up and make things worse for yourself. We don't have to do that. And I'm telling you, that's good news. At least it is to me. But he said people who aren't spiritual, okay, and he's talking to Christian people, people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. People that, that are too busy hearing things with these ears, seeing things with these eyes, feeling things in their emotions, okay? They're not, they're not yielding to the person of the Holy Spirit. They're not developing a life that, is, that will help them to understand how to walk in truth in the, in the Word of God. That, that's what he's talking about, spiritual, spiritual people. He said... Um, I lost my place there. Uh, but he said, but, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. He's not talking about people born again or not born again. He's talking about people that are learning how to think like the Spirit of God. That's what you and I have got to spend our time doing. In the world, in the climate that we live in today, man, it's everywhere. Constant. All just inundated with all kinds of information. And, and you get to a place where, you know, who can you trust? I'll tell you one you can trust right here. You can trust Him. You can trust the Spirit of God like no other. 
There's, nothing, there's nobody else you can trust like you can trust him. But, you, but if you're not thinking spiritually, it sounds foolish. Did, did, did it not say that? He said, it all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for, they, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Spirit means specific things. He's trying to get things over to you. He's trying to get you to live a life where you're on top and not always underneath trying to scratch your way up. He don't want you to live like that. He wants you to live on top. Why? Because that's where he is. He's saying, come up here. You live with me. This is, where, this is what I paid for for you. This is where you've been destined to live. This is where you're represented at, up here at the right hand of the Father. He wants you to live on top and not always trying to figure things out in the natural realm. Natural ways of thinking, the world's way of thinking, spirit of the world will keep you ignorant of spiritual things. He said, those who are spiritual, ooh, I love this, those who are spiritual, those who are developing a life of spirituality, those who are spiritual, watch this, can evaluate all things or discern all things. They can evaluate all things. They can discern all things. But they themselves cannot be evaluated or judged by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Question mark. Who knows enough to teach him? Question mark. But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Say it with me. I have the mind of Christ. Truly, you and I have the mind of Christ We have the capabilities of living and operating in the things of the Spirit, understanding and evaluating and discerning and judging things correctly because of who's on the inside of us. And I don't know about you, but I've made the decision in my life. I'm developing my life and my ability to hear the voice of God, to follow after the things of God to know the things every day of my life that have been truly given to me by God so that when things come my way or situations happen, you know, or the potential to be dismayed, you know, is, is present and before me, when, when those kind of things happen, no, I'm reminded constantly because I'm listening to the Holy Spirit and He's saying, Bert, that's not true. Fear doesn't have to grip you. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to give in to that situation right there. No, 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 no. You don't have to do that. And the Spirit of God will speak to me if I've developed the ability to hear Him. And the more we do that, the more we live our lives on top and not underneath. Amen? I'm I'm telling you today, I'm blessed, and I, I believe that you're blessed with this teaching as it's going forth. It's not going to return void, but it's going to accomplish great things in your life. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.